are live now. So, okay, so this should be a very interesting live stream. I think this will be of great interest to a lot of people. I'm already getting DMs from journalists about Milady and stuff like this. Obviously, it's it's a hot topic right now, so we're going to we're going to try to get to the bottom of all of this. So, uh what we're doing today is this. Uh, a few weeks ago, I published a thesis about the Milady Maker NFT set. At that, at that time, it was around April 1st, I bought a Milady, and I explained the reason that I was interested in it. Uh, the Milady Maker NFT set, as far as I could tell, was one of the first truly countercultural forces in crypto that, that I encountered. It, it was the first art project in the NFT space where it seemed to be genuinely and authentically coming from a, from a place that's not the, you know, GM, wag me, we are going to make it we're all going to get rich and be happy, you know, roses and rainbows worldview that has been so dominant in the NFT space for many months now, and which I frankly find rather saccharine and artificial and uncompelling. When the Milady Maker set hit, I was, I looked at their culture and it was like really pretty schizoid. It was like danger. It was dangerous. It was, people were kind of embracing crazy things. It was this really seemingly unhinged, but for that reason, kind of authentic and organic, uh, groundswell of of dangerous, ungovernable, uh, artistic, creative energy coming up from the internet. You know, it had connotations of something like 4chan. It struck me as particularly authentic and countercultural. And I published that thesis. I talked about that. I explained why I thought that was interesting and somewhat counter narrative uh, to everything that had been going on in crypto until then. And so that was why I was interested in it. I explained that. And then they kind of took off uh, the price of Milady's increased the floor price, I think, you know, got as high as two or three ETH. And then what happened was a, uh, about a week ago, one of the founders of, of the Romelia Corporation stepped down and basically said it was because that they played an active role in an old notorious Twitter account uh, known as Mia. Uh, also known as the BPD God, and it basically this person, the the the, the founder of Romelia, or one of the founders, Charlotte Fang, basically said that you know they were trying to protect the Milady Maker project. They they didn't want you know their past Twitter activity that's controversial to affect the Milady Maker project and the larger integrity and trajectory of the Milady egregore, if you will. And so when uh, Charlotte Fang stepped down, uh, kind of taking some responsibility for having participated in controversial. Twitter accounts in the past, uh, some Twitter, you know, crypto influencers took that as an opportunity to basically um, uh, can't try to cancel Milady. And so um, a few people did some research threads, basically, and uh, drew the links between Milady and Romelia Corporation. Romelia Corporation is the, the kind of founding entity of the Milady NFT set and this old infamous account known as Mia and the community around Mia, the BPD God. Okay. And so that basically tanked the, the price of Milady. Just, this was just a few days ago, basically the price went from around two to three ETH, uh, all the way down to now, I think the floor price of Milady is like 0.3 ETH. Okay. And so that's a quick TLDR, a quick summary of what's happened. Um, but what we're going to try to get to the bottom of is what is really going on and what uh, is the, the truth of the matter, because it's very complicated. It's actually much more nuanced and more complicated than I think anyone out there currently really understands. The, the, the current narrative that is now the normie accepted standard narrative, like I'm getting text messages from friends of mine uh, saying this, this is what, what most people, what most normies right now currently think from what they've heard on Twitter and on the internet is basically that uh, it turns out people believe the Milady Maker NFT set was made by literally a Nazi pro-anorexia suicide cult. And that this whole Milady thing is is basically a, an evil, sinister scheme of, of Nazi pro-anorexia, you know, uh, suicide uh, instigators. Okay, so this is the, the, the current hot meme. This is the standard narrative that it seems like uh, is is uh, competing to uh, take take hold right now. Um, I know enough about the internet underground to know that um, the the truth is 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 more complicated. I don't know exactly what the truth is, which is why I've invited today onto the live stream a handful of more or less random milady avatars, basically that I found on Twitter, um, to just try to get to the bottom of it. So I personally don't think that this standard narrative I just gave 
it makes a lot of sense. It, it doesn't really add up, um, basically. But I don't r- know exactly what the true narrative is. I'm going to try to get to the bottom of it today with, with a handful of miladies that I, that I brought on the stream who I'm going to bring on uh, in just a second. They are waiting in the wings. Um, I just wanted to set the scene. I wanted to explain the TLDR of what most people are hearing and what, what you know, the, the narrative that is emerging. Um, I'm going to explain, you know, some wrinkles and nuances in that story that, that I'm aware of. And we're basically just going to try to, over the next hour or so, we're going to try to basically lay out in one place, in one episode, pretty much everything you need to know about what is real and what is not real when it comes to the Milady Maker NFT set and this, uh, you know, swirling of rumors and allegations around it. Okay. So I'm, I have, you know, I don't have any agenda here. I do own uh, I personally own two miladies. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, um, I have a little syndicate and the syndicate owns currently one milady. So that's full disclosure of, of my, you know, stake here. Ultimately, I'm just interested in the story. I'm interested in figuring out what really happened. Cause I know enough about Mia and the past to know that the normie narrative right now is missing a lot of relevant details. So, um, I just want to, I, I, just, I wanted to take this as an opportunity to use my podcast to try to set a lot of things straight and get to the bottom of it with, you know, a little hive mind of other people who certainly have different perspectives and different details. Okay. So yeah, without further ado, that's basically the, uh, setup there. That's what we're going to be talking about today. I am going to, uh, bring onto the stage, uh, uh, four, four accounts that I selected more or less randomly from the Milady Twitter sphere. So, um, yeah, let me go ahead and do that. So, um, in no particular order, no need to introduce people because, uh, whatever, I just want to jump right into it. I thought the most interesting place to start would be to just ask you all, uh, cause you're people who, who rep Milady, you know, you, you all rock the Milady avatar on Twitter. Um, I don't know any of you very much at all from before, like finding you in this context and inviting you onto the show, just cause I took a random sample basically of Milady's more or less, not totally random cause it's people you know, in my Twitter sphere, obviously, how else would I, would I encounter them? But other than that, it's, it's more or less random. Um, so I want to start with just the question of, you know, what does Milady actually represent to you? What does Milady mean? Um, just what is the brand? What is the concept? Um, to the degree that you like Milady and have bought a Milady or, or more, and you rock the avatar and you like it and identify with it, just what is it to you? What does it mean to you? Why do you like it? Um, yeah, I just l- would love to start by setting the scene there. So, yeah, just let's just go in order. Addy, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I suppose at the root, you know, everyone kind of bought into the Milady uh, package early because it was just so countercultural to every NFT project that has existed before. You know, I've been in the NFT space for a while. I've, um, I'm an engineer. I've built quite a few products um, in the space. And there was nothing like the energy that was seen because before, um, and you know, you've said this all, but it was just, it's the culture was wag me. It was like basically bag holding and, um, you know, pushing bags. Right. And I think like the apes are the prime example of this. Right. I mean, it's kind of the, like the worst case of like the, the, this end of, you know, this like just excess consumerism, these things cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Nobody really likes them. Nobody appreciates them except the people who hold them. But, you know, you get Twitter followers because you hold them. And ladies were just so counter to everything. Like from very early on, people were trying to crash the floor price. People were, you know, just doing, I mean, just everything that was just not done within the crypto space before. And um, I think most people were just intrigued by that. And it happened to catch the attention of a lot of people who, you know, just it gave the impression of the early wild west of crypto and people just love that and um i think i know a lot of very powerful you know high up people in crypto who you know knew milady and thought it was just an interesting thing and it was expressing what everyone was feeling right because again nobody loves the apes i'm sorry i'm sure there's some eight bag holders listening um i was at once but not and not anymore <clears throat> okay young calibri do you have anything to add to that not in particular but uh yeah i mean it's it's really unlike anything else. And even just aesthetically, I mean, without any kind of uh, meta narrative, you know, added on to it, it is, it's a completely unique uh, approach to the art form, I think. Well, you know, art form, whatever you want to call it. Uh, sure. It's like nothing else, um, even just, just looking at it. You don't have to like read anything about it. You just see it and it stands out. I guess for people who will listen to this on the podcast audio feed later, if you've never seen a Milady, uh, the characteristic image is 
what they call a neo-chibi aesthetic. So it's like these tiny, you know, kind of androgynous, I guess they're kind of effeminate, but some of them kind of look more or less like, like, uh, boys, some of them look more or less like girls, but, um, it's like these little, uh, very round headed Neo Chibi characters kind of anime esque, and they have huge eyes basically. Uh, <laughs> so, um, that's, it's as best as I can describe it. Um, LB Dobis, do you have anything to add to this? Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, so I could share maybe like how I got into uh, Milady okay. because I think it's maybe a little bit different. Because um, mm. uh, for disclosure, I've never bought a Milady. Uh, actually, I, I learned about Milady IRL. Um, I was not an online person uh, whatsoever. Um, but the way that I decided to engage with Milady was to right-click uh, Milady and just make it my profile picture. Like I just entered the whole world that way. Um, I was not on crypto Twitter. I wasn't on Twitter at all. Um, and within a few hours, basically, I noticed an extreme shift um, in the entire mode of posting, uh, the mode of engagement that I was having online. Um, like within like literally three hours, I created the orange meme. Uh, that's my little orange in my profile picture, the divine orange. Um, and this like this meme was taking off. We were handing the orange off to people's uh, milady profile pictures to put in their avatar. Um, we created all this lore around it. And it was just completely ridiculous and at that point i realized that milady was like this true accelerationist entity it was lubricating the network when you follow the mode of posting uh that they tell you to do you know like remove your identity enter the post identity uh like mental schema uh remove yourself from your online avatar uh forget about authorship um all of these things they lube the network up so much and that's why i think you see this this mass proliferation and, and this this mode reintroduced me to the beauty of the network. Um, and it made me very excited. So that's why. And eventually someone gave me a Milady, which was also amazing. Um, just for my, my service, I guess. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, thanks for that story. That's uh, revealing. And Lucas, do you have anything to add to this question? Oh, you're mute. You have to unmute your mic, by the way. I see we have uh, Ryder Rips is in, in the chat. And, and real quick, while Lucas is unmuting his mic, I'll take a quick question in the uh, in the chat here. People are saying, uh, of course, no females. Well, yeah, you know, this was honestly just a random sample. I didn't want to give you some like, you know, uh, cornily like diversified group where I'm like going out and handpicking, looking for like a female representative of the Milady community. I literally just picked, uh, you know, four uh, Milady avatars. So is what it is. But um, uh, yeah, Lucas, did you want to add? Yeah, I kind of had, I think, an unusual uh, initiation to the Milady thing, too. I was just friends with Charlie and the gang. And then uh, when they when they first did it, I set it as my profile picture. And I honestly, I was kind of like, you know, this thing looks uh, it's a little unsettling. I'm not sure I'm a huge fan. It's kind of weird. But uh, it, it, it was kind of fun. It, like, enabled, like, a sort of fun, like, performative, uh, innocent little innocent little child posting. Like, I, I did a bunch of, like, very, like, confused uh i don't know just just like a a little kid being like consistently surprised or horrified by just like big things in the world jumping out and like attacking him or like really unfortunate like just a horrible series of like a rube goldberg machine of like the entire universe conspiring to just like have the worst possible thing happen to this guy and uh so i i liked it and i think it's fun i've, I've kept it because it's uh it's fun to post with Okay, so it sounds it sounds like there's a rough consensus around the the aesthetic and uh, intellectual or political or ideological um, ethical appeal of of Milady. It it seems like you all more or less agree that it represents this kind of uh, egregore that um, you know allows individuals to plug in and essentially escape from the overly saccharine. Uh, fake, corny consensus and, and status quo kind of NFT culture. It represented something fundamentally new and different uh, that had much more to do with kind of the the the, the radical core of you know true art artistic uh, creativity of of genuinely unconstrained, ungoverned, uh, collective, distributed cultural uh, uh, creativity. And and as and that might mean that it's dangerous, right? That almost implicitly 
brings a certain amount of danger. Um, all authentic art historically uh, has an element of danger. True, true, ungovernable art is an intrinsically, you know, dangerous thing, I would say. And so that's what I talked about in my initial thesis. It sounds like a lot of people are, are saying a similar thing. So so that's interesting. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about the, the recent news and what's going on with all of this. So to kick this off, um, I'll just add some context that I have. So um, I think most people who are kind of in the internet underground uh, know about Mia. Mia was a legendary legendary kind of Twitter account mostly. I think they had presence on other networks, but I think it was mo best known uh, for the Twitter account, Mia, aka the BPD God. And my memory of that, of the Mia moment, uh, it was shut down at, at, after a certain point and just Mia just disappeared. Um, but my memory of Mia, having watched it and having been, you know, active on the internet underground at, at that time, uh, as I still am, as, you know, the Other Life podcast, you know, kind of continues to represent in a way, uh, I always understood it as performance art, personally. I thought it, I think it was fairly well known, actually. I think it was how it was generally interpreted as performance art. It was, for people who don't know what we're talking about, it was basically insane, excessive schizo posting. It was like such a kind of violent, aggressive, crazy, it was crazy racism. It was crazy, um, you know, uh, endorsements of, of, of violence and, and things like this. I took it at the time and I believe I could be wrong. I want people to correct me if I'm wrong, but my memory of it was under, it was understood as just like this insane over the top, um, performance art essentially. Uh, cause it was so crazy that it was like, um, you know, it was almost too crazy to actually be like an evil person doing evil things because evil people doing evil things don't don't talk like that and they and they don't publicize it in that way and it was like such a scale and such an intensity i understood at the time and i think most people in the know understood at the time that it was basically performance art and then you know looking from the outside it just it just kind of disappeared went away it was, it was this this legendary kind of account and this legendary moment of like the twitter underground or whatever that's my memory um just as in the interest of fact finding and 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 explaining things step by step. Uh, does anyone have anything to add to that? Am I wrong? Do you have a, a, a different wrinkle or context uh, before we move on and pa continue painting out this picture of what's really happened? What no, that, that was definitely how I uh, how I perceived Mia, and I think how pretty much everybody else in the sphere. I was in uh, I was in kind of like an adjacent sphere, and my main interaction with Mia and like the surrounding people was mostly watching all of my friends get religiously punked on by all these people who just like trolled them into the ground. It was like really, really embarrassing on a consistent basis. And, uh, and th that was kind of like what the whole thing with the sphere was for them was just like, like there was this really big growing, like burgeoning trad sphere, right? Like the, the traditional Catholics that they return to tradition, that type of people. And uh, one of their things that they liked to do was glorify that period in all, all of the positives, like, oh, yeah, we want like the submissive trad wives and the wheat fields and stuff like that. But they would always leave out the negatives. And so something really funny that Mia did was say, like, I am more traditional than all. I am the true trad. I support not only the submissive trad wives and the wheat fields, but also all of the dark sides, like the child labor and like the weird, uh, the weird like slavery cast and the, the plebes tending to the fields and stuff like that. All of this is good. And you just went out there on a limb and said, like, you have to take all of it and you guys are LARPing. And if you like all of this stuff verifiably is what happened traditionally. So if you're saying you're trad, you've got to endorse all of it. You can't just you can't just pick the good. Right, right. So it was like this kind of aesthetic um, acceleration of a lot that's wrong with the Internet to such an to such an insane degree that. It was like a, it was like a kind of auto critique of the internet in a way. I, I think a lot of it was ironic and over the top, trying to kind of draw to its to its insane maximum things that were already normal. Like so, for instance, and this gets relevant for the for the analysis here. Um, like there was a Discord community, and they definitely did like crazy stuff. Uh, and this is what the researchers who kind of tried to cancel or are trying to cancel Milady. This is what they seized on, right? They found screenshots of all kinds of crazy stuff, and like in the you know. Uh, in the Discord, there there were people like uh, Mia and and these these people, whatever, who some of whom were to some degree will try to kind of sort out have some non-trivial overlap with the with the Remco founders and and the fa the founders behind Milady. They would do they would say things like talk about suicide and talk about like um, anorexia and stuff like that. So so they would say things that were like really pretty crazy, right? Um, I do believe that's that's true. I could be wrong, but I do believe that's true. 
um, the wrinkle that like normie people are not able to grapple with right now and that crypto Twitter is not able to grapple with right now is as far as I could tell, it was overwhelmingly art. And even in the discord at a collective level, it was this kind of like collectivization of schizoid art um, where everyone, a bunch of people, the whole group was kind of like um, go, saying this crazy stuff to each other in this kind of egregore, right? But, but, and so look, you can question whether that's good or bad or not, uh, for sure, right? That sounds extremely dangerous. Perhaps it's extremely irresponsible. So I'm not necessarily here to, you know, uh, applaud it ethically or something like that. But it is a relevant distinction to make between that as a kind of crazy, irresponsible, collective, distributed art project, essentially, versus literally calling it or alleging that it was a literal Nazi pro-anorexia suicide cult. Like these are just different things, right? Or are they not? Um, you know, what? Do you, how do you all think about that? Um, or what can we say about that? Yeah, so there's some question. Uh, so like, what's the difference between these things that really exist in reality? So like pro-ana forums exist in reality, suicide forums exist in reality, or by reality, I mean, you know, in, in the faith, like they're, ad they're adhering to the faith of uh, suicide or, or pro-ana or whatever on these forums. Um, but I, and I wasn't there for Mia, so I'm only giving sort of an outside uh, interpretation. Um, but it seems like the uh, revelation of the absurdity of these things, like, was important in Mia. So because they were taking these ideas to, to some extreme logical uh, conclusion, uh, there was no sort of fringe, um, like fringe form that was off limits. So like a lot of those screen caps, they show sort of uh, a very absurd version, almost like a pair, like a, a clear caricature of these things that they're um, that they're touching on, at least in the public posts that I saw. Um, so in, in some sense, if I was stuck in that in one of those forums uh, and as someone that was misguided, I, I wonder if, you know, I would see the absurdity um, through right. seeing some of those posts. Right. Anyone else want to chime in on this? I mean, one way to pose the question, if it's helpful, is like as people, as you all like Milady and you identify with Milady and, and, and you, you enjoy it and believe in the project to some degree, you're invested in it, whether that's, you know, financially or psychologically or both, uh, aesthetically, you know, or both. How do you parse the, the Mia stuff and what's unsavory about that uh, with the Milady artistic egregore? Like, do you just assert that there doesn't need to be any you know, it's just a relatively incidental thing that you're comfortable just separating and saying, I like Milady. I don't like that stuff that was, you know, maybe dangerous or irresponsible. Um, or just how do you, in your own personal case, um, like think about this, this relationship between the unsavory Mia stuff and the, the stuff about Milady that you really like? Yeah, so I guess um, I've been telling people that, you know, people still watch uh, the Weinstein Brothers movies. Uh, I don't know anyone that's actually boycotted uh, those movies. And what he did was horrible. You know, the, what they did to people, it was it was terrible, I think. And you can, you know, you can make the case that, you know, in a sense, it was, they're just eccentric people. But, you know, the world is just built by, um, in some sense, just eccentric, like, you know, batshit insane people. Um, and, you know, these people do crazy things. And I think one of the big things cancel culture gets wrong nowadays, not to bring it to this topic necessarily, but is that we're talking about this being tied to the Milady collection now, right? Like what, whatever Charlotte did or didn't do, I still like what the Milady collection, you know, stood for in early crypto, right? And what it, what it was and what the community of the posters, right? And now all that this stuff has come out, suddenly people want to just get away from Milady. That just doesn't make any sense. Um, and I think... You know, it's it's a very dangerous idea to to do that. Like, <clears throat> right. So that's one that's one position that I think is very is relatively coherent and compelling. Right. You can just say, like, who cares what one person who was one of the founders of this thing did in the past, no matter how bad or evil it might be or whatever. You can kind of just say that doesn't matter for the the quality and the significance and the meaning of whatever the milady egregore is you can just basically say okay that was bad whatever that was passed separate that out um we reject that and everything goes on um do do any of you think differently or do you have a different framework or or what 
it seems to me like the kind of uh, overriding cultural force of the last couple of years has been this. Actually, let me back up. You may have seen a post by a milady, uh, a Substack post called uh, My Life is an Aesthetic Terrorist, which deals with this topic a lot. But I, I think the, um, the the sort of overriding cultural force of the last few years has been the obliteration of the distinction between a representation of a thing and the thing itself. Like, you know, you make a racist post, it's the same as being racist or, you know, uh, something something to this effect. And I think the core kind of undigestible proposition of Milady is that force of, of innocence, this, this like childlike affect that it, it brings to the table, such that when you see a Milady's post you're, and you've never seen one before, your first thought is, oh, that's kind of cute. And then you see, you know, something completely unhinged and you, you know, you, there's just no way to react to that. In particular, if you're the kind of person who will look at something and say, you know, saying these words is as bad as doing a bad thing, then it's, it's, it's like swallowing a toothpick, you know? And I think that's the kind of core uh, feature of this artwork is, is to, to like force toothpicks down everybody's throat. Right. Right. Fascinating. Anyone want to add to that? I mean, something we could actually talk a little bit about is some of the, some of the specific allegations, because if you actually look into these research threads, the people like, uh, you know, I, I think there were a few crypto Twitter influencers who, uh, more or less at the same time kind of came out with these Twitter threads aggressively trying to, you know, uh, kind of say Milady is evil and send the price to zero. It was people like Tetranode or like OX, uh, NGMI uh, were just two examples that I remember seeing. And, and you look through some of these like data, you know, these are like data threads, like, uh, you know, connecting the dots with screenshots and all of this. If you actually look closely, a lot of this stuff that's actually bad, like, um, you know, there's talk of suicides, for instance, or there's talk of people killing themselves based on this content. If you look closely, like that's actually linked to uh, the system space forum or something like that, which is tangentially linked to Mia, which, you know, so it's like, if you actually look closely, it's a relatively tendential chain of linkages. Um, as far as I can tell, technically, I don't know that there's any evidence yet, and there might be, but I, I don't know that there's any evidence marshaled by anyone that Mia or Mia's Discord actually did harm to anyone that we know of in any kind of like demonstrable way uh, that I, I, I do. Am I wrong? Does anyone know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be like, I mean, I, I can't like guarantee that uh, things that I haven't seen haven't gone on or anything like that. But like in the time that I've known these people know, like it's all been and like things do get confusing because like this, this isn't this article coming out this happened already before like this, this specific cancel had already happened and it had become like a recurring joke within the sphere. So they have started making jokes about like the grooming or we are a pro Anna cult or like saying stuff like that in that vein, like kind of mocking the previous cancel. And then that screenshots of like them mocking the previous cancel are then being presented as unironic evidence of, Oh, this is, what's going on here. They're saying it directly. Like it's totally, they're in the group chat talking about, we are a pro and a cult or whatever, which is just like, it does like, yeah, I understand why people would say that on, on like first pass, uh, first inspection. It makes sense. But like, when you think about it a little bit more, like it doesn't, there aren't very many cults that say like, we are a cult. Like we, we are forcing right, right. you to do this thing in public. Right. Yeah. 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 Like yeah it's yeah. usually a little bit of a, a subtle, uh, nuanced thing, I think. Yeah. So, okay. So, right. You make an important point to be clear. The absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. So, um, I'm definitely not, you know, here to say, uh, Mia and the discord community around Mia never hurt anyone. I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. All I'm saying is that if you look at the evidence that has been marshaled by the detractors and the denunciators, it's, it's, it's the actually bad stuff, like an example of suicide or an example of, um, you know, whatever, um, like the suicide being kind of like the big, that's kind of like the craziest, um, like part of the allegation that they were instigating suicide. It wasn't actually the, 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 the Mia discord wasn't, didn't instigate the suicide. It was like 
a, a linkage to system space, which was like a, a, a kind of suicide forum or something like that. This is like crazy, you know, deep, deep, deep internet, dark, you know, internet underground stuff. Um, so, okay. So I'm just saying that as far as I can tell, I have not seen direct evidence that the Mia Discord actually did harm to people. You can find screenshots that the Discord community was saying like really crazy, violent, harmful stuff, but it looks like a kind of ironic um, group level um, kind of like meme, meme, ironic memeing around just saying crazy stuff, like true free speech absolutism, a whole group saying, saying crazy stuff, uh, violent, harmful stuff, but like, they're all just saying it kind of for fun. Um, it's sort of like old school, like 4chan, 4chan energy, basically, but for the discord Twitter era or something like that. Um, okay. So, um, what else? So I think we're probably not going to like get to the bottom of like fact finding things here. So we shouldn't even try. I, d I don't want to present this as some kind of like, um, we're going to get to the absolute bottom of, of what the facts of the case are. I'm sure things will, you know, whatever, who knows it'll have to turn out or like, they'll have to be, you know, if, I guess if, the, if there's really bad stuff, like there probably will be a, an investigation of some kind, won't there? Like, I don't know. Um, anyway, it's not our job to get to the bottom of like fact finding. Um, yeah, so I guess just my, like we, yeah. none of us know these things, you know, people go on podcasts all the time and talk about these things. Like we really don't know at the end of the day and like the, with the harm and effect that was caused, I think. But the most important thing is as somebody said in the chat, separate the art from the artist, right? The collection stood for something excellent. Um, and I think it still does. It's interesting. And whatever Charlotte did or didn't do, um, and the discord, whoever was harmed, I mean, this is totally separate from what the collection originally stood for. That is the most important point. Um, to be made here. And I, I don't know, you know, what happened in the discord. I've seen some screenshots and the girls were pretty young. Um, you know, it's, but yeah, didn't mean to cut you off there, Justin, but I think that's the, that's the most important thing with the with reference to the Milady collection. Yeah. I think that's the right point. I think like I'm trying to be respectful of the gravity of, of, of the stakes and to be sensitive to the fact that like, you know, um, you know, wrong could be done in these communities and I'm not here to defend it. I'm just saying, but I'm also trying to like acknowledge that as you're saying, that's not really the focus of this anyway. Like I, I would feel re I would feel remiss to not address it and, and just talk about it and see what we can say about it. Um, but I think you're also right to note that it's not the essential question from the perspective of, you know, what is art, what is valuable art, what uh, type of art has value um, and should have value in crypto or otherwise over the long term, and the relationship between art and and you know the not the 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 bad or unethical or whatever behaviors of of perhaps the authors of art. Like I tweeted the other day that in my perspective, I kind of see Milady as the net art version of you know kind of like what Celine is to the novel, or you know what the Marquis de Sade is to political theory, or. Um, you know, perhaps what George Bataille is, is to philosophy, or, you know, you could think of other examples of, um, you know, extremely transgressive individuals who say extremely bad things, and perhaps do extremely bad things. Um, but we can still value their art. And it seems like as a society, artworks that are done by really bad people can retain long term value. And so um, it seems like as a society, we do actually acknowledge that difference. And so why should we not in the crypto community? So, okay. So I think the most interesting next question to take this to is, you know, how do you all see the prospects for Milady as an NFT set? You know, it, is Milady now just tarred and feathered and whatever nuances you might add to the discussion, it's kind of just doomed. It's going to zero and it'll stay at zero forever. Or do you all think that there's, there's another future? Like is one kind of contrarian position right now would be that, all of this brouhaha all of this kind of smear and craziness and people kind of um over aggressively trying to uh tarnish the the milady aesthetic brand with perhaps you know some uh some wrongdoing on the part of someone somewhere who had something to do with making it all um is actually going to just basically increase the lore increase the the um the, you know increase the mind share in the long run of and really cement Milady as a kind of truly deeply countercultural um, blue chip brand in, in, in all of the, you know, crypto space over the long term. Uh, I kind of think that I, I, I'm not fully convinced. I do think, unfortunately, it's possible that, 
you know, like if OpenSea delists them, for instance, it's possible the Milady NFT set just goes to zero and kind of falls away forever. I think that's conceivable for sure. Um, but are you all, do you think that's going to happen? Do you think that the Milady brand lives on? How do you all think about it? Certainly possible. Awesome. thought about price action at all. Uh, say, it, go, say it again. Calibri or? Oh, Okay. No, you go. Go ahead. I, I honestly haven't really thought about price action at all the whole time. Uh, and you bringing this up now is kind of the first I'm thinking about. And like, I agree. There's probably two. It could either slow rug to zero or uh, it can it can keep going up and kind of piggyback off this springboard off things. I think it all kind of depends on what Bromelia does, right? Like if they if they do a bunch of things that causes the community to think that they're insincere actors, that they never cared about the art, that they're just grifters, stuff like that then it's going to have a negative effect on stuff. But if they keep pumping out projects, then I think that's going to be good. Like, I, I think they have to win back community sentiment here, but I, I mean, they did it once. I don't think it's impossible. Like I think the, the Milady community forming was a product of what they were doing already. Like, I don't think it was just like this random thing that occurred. So I think if you've done it once, you can do it again. Okay. And I, I mean, I guess just for because they're going to be they're going to be like journalists listening to this and that kind of thing. So I guess like for the record, we should make emphatically clear for people who are not like up, up on any of this. There's not really any allegations at all that the Milady community did anything bad. There's not any allegations that even even Charlotte Fang and the the, the controversial founders of of the Milady project. There's not, to my knowledge, any allegations of even those people doing anything bad. Uh, in this current moment of Milady, uh, for the for the extent of the Milady project, there's really no allegations of anything bad being done or happening for the lifespan of of the Milady project in any degree. Am I right about that, or am I? I don't care enough to look into it. <laughs> yeah, that's my knowledge. That that's my knowledge. Yeah, All you're correct. They're, yeah. they're totally separate. Uh, I mean, that's why Charlie he said in his post, you know, he why none of this came up is because. The goal was to make sure that it, it was there were two totally separate things. Right, right. Okay. So okay, what about the rest of you? Do you have thoughts on, you know, how you how how do we think about the the economic value of the Milady NFT set given all of this? Does it have prospects? Is it doomed? What do you think? I'm just curious. I was gonna say almost exactly what Lucas said, which is that you know, the, the remarkable thing about it is that if you don't actually give a shit whether it has value or not, then it becomes more valuable if you if you actually just like it. Uh, and that's that's me. I wasn't around for Mia. I don't I'm not in with the Romilia crowd. I just I like schizo posting. It's fun and uh, it's much more entertaining than trying to have like a I don't know, a Twitter profile with my real face on it or whatever. Uh, although I guess that's what I have now. Um, if if it has an aesthetic value or if it has even i mean you could call this a utilitarian value if it has a utility to you in that it gives you this kind of freedom by sort of somehow making you feel more like an anon then it, it has some value and i think people will continue to care about that although i don't know for sure it could go to zero who cares yeah right so if you look at the uh metrics on the milady nft set i'll share the screen right here i think you all can see that the um it's interesting the price tanked when all this controversy hit but it, it's not like there was a massive sell-off if you actually look at the number of unique holders which is this graph here um it's pretty much stayed the same it, it dipped a little bit uh, but then it actually increased in the past yeah. few days and so you know um if you look at the price you might think oh my god everyone's fleeing from the milady community but if you look at the actual number of people who are holding a Milady, the number has not actually decreased at all, uh, only only slightly. And so, you know, I think that's kind of interesting, I think, because um, yeah. I think a lot of people out there are going to be like, I don't want to hold a Milady or I'm not going to get into Milady. I'm not going to buy a Milady just because it feels icky to them that like there's any public association with um, like bad controversial stuff of any kind. Uh, just for a lot of people, it's going to feel icky and like they're just not going to want to, you know. Uh, own an NFT that that is even associated with anything bad, um, but I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit like um, I actually think the 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 prospects for Milady as a brand are more uh, favorable perhaps than than people think because the 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 sentiment I'm hearing from a lot of people is like people are kind of taking for granted that this is doomed. It's like all over, but it's not obvious to me honestly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so I have a take on this. Like if you go back through the timeline. Um, sort of when I joined in March, 
was like to me like it felt like a renaissance of schizo posting um as the price was beginning to to go up um because i think crypto influencers in wales were looking at it as something like oh this has a culture this has some value that we can capitalize on um and then sort of as time went on more sort of crypto people and and like sort of uh i don't want to say normies but like people that maybe didn't mesh entirely with the initial ethos start looking at it as an nft financial asset um when a lot of the original community you know it didn't even mint out for like six months or something people didn't even really view it um in a financial set when they were um doing this this schizo post this milady posting and now you see kind of um like the culture beginning to harden again um as a lot of people who maybe don't understand uh these allegations aren't maybe so familiar with art um they they start to jump out um and but there's like the schizophrenic kind of looks like it's back on the timeline um which i find interesting but the question is how much of this these the values of nfts are actually linked to culture like how much of it is just like um these influencers that everyone's following you know pumping and dumping and running all these shills just to like inflate these these assets to make some money off of um of people so the, where the price hardens i have i have no idea um i'm not that familiar but the culture is right. definitely hardening okay interesting anyone have takes on that or a different angle I mean, the way I think about it is, yeah, we still don't know what NFTs are, really. It's all still open. It's it's so it's rather mysterious, really, like what an NFT asset is in terms of what gives it value and what types of NFTs will retain value, if any at all. But I am I tend to think and the way I think about it is that, um, you know, cultural entities do have economic value. They always have over time and all of history. There's always been a kind of a kind of latent economic value of any cultural entity, whether it's a brand, it's a community, uh, an individual, an individual's name or some, whatever, you name it, like there is always a hidden economic value to any cultural entity, but we've never been able to measure it before. And that's what's new and interesting about NFTs is it gives us this ability to uh, basically gauge the economic value of uh, any number of, of discrete entities. Um, and I tend to think that NFTs will retain value over time to the degree that they represent something valuable, basically. Um, I guess that's it's almost tautological, but that's that's how I kind of think about it. And so to me, art, the art that is most genuinely valuable is is often transgressive in some way. It's like, you know, saying things that everyone agrees with and that no one dislikes. That's not really valuable as an artistic gesture because it doesn't really add that much information. Um, but when you when you say things or put things out into the public sphere, whether those are images or sounds or words or what have you, and they represent something that is in fact true, you're saying something that is in fact true about the world or, or expressing giving body to something that is in fact real that people really dislike, that's actually some of the most valuable art in the world, uh, precisely because it's so hard to say. It's so hard to have the courage to put that out there. It's so hard to represent, um, and it's so dangerous and, and, and punished. It's so generally punished to represent that which is real and that which is true, but that which is also disliked or hated. Um, and that's how I tend to think about transgressive art. That's how I tend to think about the, the economic value of transgressive art. And so... You know, I might just be, this might just be hopium though. I might just be, you know, uh, pumping my own bags or this might just be bag bias. I want to believe that, you know, Milady is going to uh, get out of this and retain its value and appreciate over time because Milady, uh, you know, for the past several months, like Milady was, it's hard to describe for people who like don't know what we're talking about, but um, Milady was like the first NFT where like cool people who I actually admired, who I thought were cool, who I fucked with for real and authentically were like, rocking nfts and talking about a certain nft and kind of identifying with a certain nft and being pumped on a certain nft it was the first time that cool people who i actually genuinely thought were cool um were kind of rallying around it and and being like kind of uh inspired by it and talking about it and having fun with it in a way and that's to me what was authentic and and real about it and so it's like i don't want to i don't i don't know i just don't want to i don't want to like harp on it like i'm not like obsessed with milady or something it's not like a major part of my life or something like that but on the other hand i don't want to just like give it up and let it disappear just because some crypto influencers said it was naughty like that that's what i'm motivated by that's what i'm that's why i'm here today and that's why i wanted to do this podcast it's like 
it's not that Milady is like the end all be all of something incredibly epic uh, and amazing, you know, with world historical significance. It's more like the ability for two people on Twitter to destroy it because they accuse it of being naughty. That's the thing that I hate. And that's the thing that I'm like motivated to try to, um, you know, um, not, not submit to. So yeah, I don't know if anyone has any other reflections or observations around, around this question of like, what is art, what is valuable, what will, what, what should retain value over time and what shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, you bring up this idea of assigning economic value to cultural entities. And I think that's sort of, in, in some sense, that's more than even like the, the art, which is different from anything else in this space. I think that's what distinguishes or what's, what's novel about this thing not not just the nfts but the whole i mean like metacultural complex around it if you look at the history of it um the milady avatars the 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 artist who made them started making them just for this circle of friends uh you know before the idea even came up to turn it into an nft collection and what sort of happens is that you know by turning it into this this asset that has some kind of economic behavior you associate the culture that this little in-group had with this, you know, image. And you create this kind of complex that is, yeah, economic, it has an economic value. I don't know that it provides value, but it, it, it is valued in some sense or evaluated. Um, and I think the culture coming before the actual, like, collection is something that I, no other NFT has actually even accomplished or attempted yet. And I would describe Milady more than anything as an attempt to gestate a subculture and then let it loose into the world where it can be an independent entity uh, rather than just being confined to this, you know, small circle of friends. And I think it worked. Hmm. Yeah, just to add to your earlier point, you know, I, like I said, I'm an engineer. I've had the pleasure of working with some very, uh, very, very talented people um, in the crypto space. And uh, there are a lot of people who had Milady um, as their profile picture, like internally behind closed doors. Um, and so I think it, it kind of, again, it signaled like, and it still does signal this, like kind of what everyone was thinking, right? With the crypto space, like everything seems a little bit, you know, silly, a little bit ridiculous. And finally this like more honest, you know, just, you know, straight transgressive co collection comes along right and um i think the community will live on right but like the price that's different than saying like oh what price will it reach right because clearly we see the number of holders you showed the graph earlier the number of holders didn't change right but um the price dropped significantly because whales are offloading um you know collections so that's all unfortunately that's all i mean nfts you need to lose um a lot of the value um so the value will always stick around i think millies will always have a big community um whether or not that means it's worth 0.25 eth or um you know, to ETH, I have no idea. Um, nobody really knows. I mean, that depends how many people um, in the community have money and are willing to uh, pick up a bunch of Malays. And, um, you know, I own some, um, but, you know, and I, I love the community dearly, but, you know, it's, we'll see. I think none of us really know. But <clears throat> LB Dobis, Lucas, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I agree with, uh, with both, uh, both the things they said. Um, I think this like separation of what is like, we don't even know what the value of a culture is that's attached to an NFT. Like um, this is, I think Milady is, I don't know if this is true, but it seems like the first NFT that sort of started with culture, like the culture began and was like generated. And then uh, as people noticed the culture, that's when they started to buy in sort of a, um, to go bullish on, on cultural value uh, being attached to NFTs. Um, I think that whatever plays out next, um, because I think that the culture will be will be there, like it's gonna stick around, like this mode of posting, this mode of interacting with the internet, um, will form this digital tribe around Milady. It's gonna stick around and, and we'll find out, I guess, like what, what it means to, um, like whether cultural value uh, can make up the majority of an NFT's price, but uh, I'm, I'm a bit skeptical on it. Sure, sure. Lucas, anything to add? Yeah, I think something that's kind of important to understand to contextualize any of this is that Milady was, I don't want to say it was the only NFT connection, collection that did this, but it minted and it got maybe a third of the way to mint out. And then it just totally stopped. And there was no, like, there was basically no activity on Milady for like six months. The floor dropped to like, I don't know, there were points where it was like 
10% of mint price or something like tiny like that, right? So it was essentially free for everybody who wanted to pick one up on OpenSea. Uh, if, if you wanted to, like nobody really wanted to mint them even for that, that long period there. And then it, it was entirely saved because there were people who had the avatar that created a community that people wanted to join. Like it was made purely by the culture and shipped on that culture. So in order to like, I, it, it wasn't like the other ones of like, oh, you're going to, you're going to buy this at this given price and you're going to bag hold it until wherever it was like, if you wanted a cheap milady basically a free milady i mean they were like giving the things away for so long too like it wasn't it wasn't a thing of oh like we're going to be really stingy with with our nft collection that hasn't minted out and we uh we, we still have all of these people who are listing on OpenSea for basically nothing like that anyone who they thought was cool anyone who they were friends with they were just kind of here you go bro right so I, right i think without uh like that that kind of contextualizes for me the sense that it, it wasn't like a big oh you're gonna buy this for five eth but it'll probably go to 10 eth bro like it, it was like very much so like a ground level organic thing right right that, that's a great point it re really is an important point actually a lot of almost all of the nft sets are these things that are they're really like let's just face it they're, they were pretexts for making money basically it was like you have the idea and the desire to make money that's the starting point. And then like the art or the concept uh, comes second as just like a vehicle for doing that. But what you guys, what Young Clebri and Lucas, what you're both saying is basically what was unique about Milady is that it was actually just uh, a certain subculture, uh, an artist making these pictures within their subculture, within their community. Um, and then it slowly started to, um, you know, kind of gather and accumulate this like cultural liquidity basically uh, through through NFT as, as the mechanism for, for um, you know, creating that liquidity. But um, it wasn't, it wasn't some people who set out to like make a lot of money with NFTs as the, the primary motive. And, that, and that's, I think, an important wrinkle here. I think another really big thing too was that during that six month period where the project like an NFT project that doesn't mint out within the first couple of weeks or so generally is considered by the community to be totally failed. Right. And at any point, Romelia could have just ran away. They could have said, OK, we got we got our whatever, like our 3000 that sold. We can take the bag and run away. But they actually kept doing stuff like they started hosting the raves. They started organizing like a fashion line. They started actually continuing to build with community funds and i think that's another like pretty like that that buys a lot of good faith with me right like they had the, all of the opportunity in the world to just run away and do whatever they wanted with the money and they didn't and they stuck with it so that's 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 a big like it's kind of rare that's big for me yeah yeah that's a, a great point so okay i mean i feel like we covered a lot of ground i feel like those were the main topics or questions that I wanted to cover. I mean, if there's anything that people think is relevant about Milady or about the current situation and, and, and everything that you want that I didn't ask about that you want to get on the agenda, I would love to just open the floor. Uh, people can people can throw on any points or observations that they want. Um, is there anything or maybe we'll, we'll, we'll move towards towards wrapping um, and any outstanding thoughts or observations I didn't we didn't cover yet? I would say we we talked a little bit about what's kind of novel about this I, i'm not even sure how to identify it but this this sort of nexus of a culture and an image and uh, i mean particularly like you know as it's uh, enabled by this new kind of financial or, or or asset mechanism and i think the crucial thing is that this is not the last time that this will happen it's it's not even close um there will be other cultures that represent themselves to the world in this way and that provide this kind of, I mean, you can call it an incentive if you want. Uh, if you, if you look at what Charlotte has, you know, said publicly in, in, I don't know, discords or, or old tweets about um, how Milady is supposed to quote unquote work. Like it is in some sense a financial incentive for people to participate in a community. But the thing is that, the financial incentive is not as important as the community. It's all just gravy, you know? And that is a genuinely new sort of way of framing the way that you interact with people on the internet. And it's not going to go away. There's going to be more like this. Okay. Yeah, like people were encouraged to just right-click save one. 
it was never it was never like a buy your way in thing right like it wasn't like a board apes uh like intellectual property oh my god you stole my picture uh if, if you use this without permission we'll sue you type thing it was literally like go to the asset database and find one that you like if you want to join and just nab it okay okay does anyone want maybe i'll give everyone an opportunity for uh you know closing words how do you how do you um you know looking at all this from a from a bird's eye view uh you don't have to if, you, if you've already expressed everything you have to express then no need to restate anything but i'm curious if anyone wants to take a stab at a kind of summary a kind of high level overview of how things look to you after we've talked about it um i guess i'll go first from 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 my part it looks to me like this it looks to me that the this uh, denunciation from a couple influential crypto Twitter people could possibly have the effect of more or less squelching the economic value of the Milady NFT set, especially if something like, you know, if OpenSea delists them or something like that. There are these vulnerabilities in crypto infrastructure right now. There's a lot of centralization and there's a lot of um, over-indexing on influential characters. There's all this kind of, a lot of people do momentum trading where they're really just doing whatever they think everyone else is going to do. So there's a lot of um, inefficiencies and facts about the current state of the crypto market that makes these kinds of radical transgressive projects, uh, you know, very vulnerable. And so I think um, it's perfectly possible that, um, unfortunately, the Milady project is, in fact, you know, um, killed by by these denunciations. But objectively and substantively, um, from an ethical perspective, how do I think about Milady? The way it honestly looks to me at this point, having thought about it from my own perspective, but also having talked with this random sampling of of Milady avatars in my in my sphere, it looks to me like um, you know I think the Mia phenomenon was incredibly dangerous. It was incredibly provocative. Um, it was I you know I, I think you could very well say it was it was um, perhaps irresponsible. But I also do just think that um, you know art has a tendency to become dangerous, to become almost irresponsible. And that I do think that, you know, free speech and true kind of artistic freedom maximalism does basically require at certain limits, at certain times and places, it requires art artistry to, to go to the limit. And that is going to be dangerous. It is going to be, um, you know, uh, at, at the edge of, of responsible and irresponsible. Uh, perhaps it's going to be outright <clears throat> um, disgusting or outright horrific or outright extremely irresponsible. I, I, I do tend to think that, um, you know, that is within the remit of of what art is. And so long as I don't have evidence that Mia or the Mia Discord community, um, like, actually did direct harm to... Um, a, a victim or a set of victims, like short of actual data and evidence of that, I personally do not take screenshots of extremely dangerous and irresponsible and nasty or violent uh, speech. I do not take screenshots of that as evidence that something is um, like intrinsically um, evil because I, because I do believe that a certain realm of uh, extremely transgressive art uh, can be justified as art um, if there are no, um, you know, proven victims of it. Um, I guess that is how I think about it. Um, I'll have to sleep on that. I'm not wedded to any position. It could absolutely come to light that like there was way worse stuff going on than than what I've seen, and and in fact it, it was it was awful and, and truly deeply evil, and a lot of people were harmed. In which case, you know, I might change my tune and I, I might say like, oh, actually, you know, all of this is just like so contaminated that I just can't stomach, I just can't stomach, um, any kind of association. I think that's also like a, you know, people can make that personal judgment call. And I think for a lot of people, they would just say like, oh yeah, philosophy and, you know, philosophy of aesthetics and, and all of that aside, uh, this just feels icky to me. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't stomach it. I think, I think that's, you know, a, um, that is a position someone might, might take. And it, I think that's, if that's your personal feeling, that's uh, fair enough as well, I think. Um, but from what Let I can add. see, I, Let me add yeah. that, like, you should stop watching Weinstein Brothers movies as well. You should stop watching Ren and Stimpy and um, Adventure, like, and basically probably half the cartoons right. you've ever seen, right? And it's like, people do bad things. It doesn't mean we should cancel the art, so.
They'll find someone who can't who right. doesn't watch the Weinstein Brothers films. <laughs> I haven't met ever met a person like that. It's the same thing. <clears throat> yeah, right. I, right. Please. Okay. Something I was going to say. Um, I was thinking about uh, throw this about Mia was that the there's like an irony uh, here to um, the fact that Mia would do these sort of performative cancellations all the time, um, or she would make these kinds of jokes uh, where she would fabricate, um, you know make fabrications of screenshots or fabrications of like all kinds of things as a troll. It was all a very elaborate troll. Um, just like my outside observation was, I, I just found it interesting to, to see like that type of screenshot cancellation, like come back uh, to haunt Milady, to haunt Mia um, in this era where, you know, Mia was trying to sort of make a commentary, it seemed on like the sort of post-truth internet um, and the fact that these things are so easily manipulable. Um, that I just right. I just find it ironic that it's sort of come back to haunt Milady. Yeah, I thought that yeah. one was kind of funny too. Like I I was kind of uh, I was too new to Twitter at the time to really uh, have been there for the full uh, like Cali whatever thing. But uh, from from people that I've talked to, there have been some that have said that yeah, Mia did these like performative cancellations on themselves and they made up screenshots and some of the made up screenshots are like coming back to be used in like the real cancellation which like I, I can't verify or anything that, but it I, sounds like it's fitting in the vein with everything else. Like it'd be kind of funny. Right. So someone in the chat is talking about this right now. They're, the one example you people might've seen is a picture of a teenager with a swastika cut on her stomach bleeding. And there's a sign next to her. She's holding a sign that says Kaliak. <clears throat> Kaliak for people who don't know, refers to Kali Yuga accelerationism. Um, that was like one of the one of the hashtags or whatever that was associated with Mia. Um, and so the person in the chat is saying, is that not enough proof? Is that not enough proof? Well, here's the thing. And here's here's like why this is so important. Um, people people need to understand this is um, we live in this age of of cheap decontextualized images where anyone can basically make an image of anything for free. And and I'm not saying that any in particular I'm not I'm not saying that any particular case or example is true or false. I don't know. And I'm trying to be very sensitive and delicate about this. Like I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not giving some kind of carte blanche, uh, naive defense of Mia or the community around Mia or anything like that. But what I'm saying is that uh, true art and artistic freedom and artistic uh, expression is a genuine and important, crucial social value that does have to be defended. And we live in an age now where anyone can basically make an image of anything. And so the important point to me this is the important point is that for us as thinkers, as readers, as writers, as artists or, or creators or whatever, engaging and living on the internet in the digital age today, it is essential. It is absolutely crucial that we are not held hostage to whatever proliferation of images um, uh, might arise and how those images are judged by certain, you know, um, moralistic perspectives. Like, my point is just simply that um, just because someone surfaces a screenshot of someone doing some bad thing at some point in history, um, I don't know. I don't have enough context for that image to know whether it's whether it's real or whether it's not, whether it was an ironic um, self-denunciation, as some people in the in the conversation are, are talking about how Mia used to do that. I don't know. And I don't consider it my responsibility to have to know. Um I, I think this is I think this is like a really important point because if you say that the criterion for what is allowable art and what is um, an NFT egregore or community that you are allowed to ethically and good conscience participate in, if that line is defined by like what someone on the internet is able to produce an image of and and show to be like ethically problematic, art is done. Art is art is over. If that's your bar, art is completely over. And so my point is just I refuse to be held hostage by people who take screenshots of 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 who knows what. I, I refuse to be held hostage by that. And I think that's that's the crucial point. Um, I, I think that you know people should not allow their sense of what is artistically allowable to be defined by like what someone on Twitter is able to, you know, furnish a screenshot of, uh, you know, that that's my take. I don't know if anyone wants to add to that. Or we, I think we might have kind of like covered it. Um, does anyone have like, you know, kind of any any kind of closing remarks? I, I would say that that more or less that more or less summarizes my position that um, I do agree with Addy that 
the artistic integrity and significance and meaning of Milady Maker is separable from whatever Mia might have been or 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 was. Um, and even if Mia was extremely evil and did extreme harm to many people, which it's not clear to me that that is, although it's possible, it's not clear to me that it is. Even if that were the case, you can still say that you you know um, appreciate the value of 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 the Milady art and the brand and the and the larger egregore. Um, yeah, have we? What do you think? Have we have we covered all the necessary ground to the best of our ability? Nobody gives a fuck about NFTs, man. Right click, save a milady, and compose with us. It's fun. Yeah, fuck NFTs. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I th want to thank you all for your time, and I think that's a wrap. So, um, yeah, appreciate you all coming on. Yeah, thanks, thank Justin. You. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having us. All right. All right. That's a wrap. Go subscribe to the Other Life podcast. You can get it on your wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and you know subscribe and click the little bell so you get notified next time we go live. Thanks, everyone. Later.